Welcome to the You Thought Wrong podcast, where we share stories of individuals just like you who have found ways to conquer their fears and are excelling at life. Hey everyone, welcome to You Thought Wrong podcast. Uh, today we have the pleasure of sitting down virtually uh, with, uh, to have a great conversation with Mr. Jay Williams. Uh, yes, sir. Your educator for 11 years or so. Ten, ten and change, yeah. Ten and change, okay. Uh, I've known him for a few years, haven't had the fortunate um, ability to see glimpses of him, of him at work and through social media. Um, and it's, uh, you can see the extreme uh, passion that he has for teaching and making sure that his students learn in a way that best suits them. All right. So thank you for joining us today, Jay. Um, before, we get into, before we get into talking about kind of what's going on during this pandemic, uh, we'll just go back and uh, kind of talk about your journey and uh, how you've come to becoming a teacher. Um, and so let's just start with uh, what made you want to become a teacher in the first place? You know what? That's a great question, man. Uh, I reflect on that, as you said, 10 years deep at this point. It's like, how did I even get here? Like, yeah. Teaching was not something I saw myself doing. Um, anyone who knew me coming up, it was basketball. Basketball was the, yeah. the end all be all. So yeah. middle school, going to specific high school to play basketball, um, going to the States and having that not work out, coming back home, sort of being kind of down and out for a bit. Yeah. And then ending up out in Halifax at Dalhousie University and playing and then coaching afterwards. So I definitely came to a bit of a crossroad in terms of well, what's next because yeah. Coaching in Canada doesn't pay any money, honestly. So I, like, <laughs> yeah. I got to figure this out. So uh, my degree is actually in sciences. It's in health sciences. Yeah, yeah. It was going the route of um, health education. So creating programs for Health Canada, um, essentially, you know, educating youth specifically um, yeah. about their own health, physical, emotional, mental. And again, teaching was not something that was on the forefront. It was more like, all right, how can I impact my community? Yeah. Um, I got to thank my mother. She's, you know, pretty well known in the city now, but at the time she was, uh, just mom, right? Just mom. And she kind of threw it out there. Um, you know, you like working with youth, you like coaching, you like training. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I'd come home in the summer times and work for Toronto community housing. And I was helping, uh, I mean, build community and work with communities I came from. Um, I'm from Malvern, by the way. So yeah. little, pocket, little pocket in Scarborough. Very proud of that. But, um, yeah, she kind of suggested, why don't you try teaching? Why don't you try the Bachelor of Education? Yeah. We basically made a deal, and uh, the goal was that I had to apply to one school back home in Toronto. This time I was still in Halifax. And okay. if I got in, she would pay for half. So, I mean, I was like, all right, that's not a bad yeah. deal. At that time, teachers that was like, I don't know, ten, eleven thousand, twelve thousand dollars $12,000. And um, for her to pay half was pretty good. So I applied, and I got in. Nice. Um, that's where we're at now. So yeah. I'm in, I'm loving it. Yeah. How, how do you think uh, like coaching uh, and I guess the community work really helped guide you there? How did that, um, did it feel kind of like a natural transition kind of feel? Definitely, definitely. I think for me, um, well, playing, first of all, once I realized those dreams were kind of yeah. kind of dead a little bit, um, it was the next journey was making sure that kids like myself at that time, coming from a quote-unquote pride neighborhood like what I came from, who oftentimes a lot of us see basketball as our ticket out. Yeah. Um, to be completely honest with you, I wouldn't probably have went to 
university, much less the other side of the country, yeah. if it wasn't for basketball. I might have ended up going to college. I took that opportunity, right, too? Of course, of course, of course. So again, answering your question, being able to help youth like myself um, get scholarships, see the world, um, and a lot of life lessons are taught through basketball. Um, teamwork, camaraderie, wins, losses, how to deal with them, emotional, uh, physical, mental. Yeah. So all those lessons are what I think best helped to create who I am today. For sure. Because I know, like, from, from me personally and for others, I think everyone that you talk to, and when they talk about their favorite teachers and stuff from their past, it, it happens to be a lot of, like, coaches or teachers that did phys ed kind of thing. Yeah. So how do you uh, kind of have that, stick with that mentality into your classes as well? Um, well, to be honest with you, man, a big part of, of my package or my portfolio as a teacher or educator, I like to say, more than just a teacher, is yes, of course, the coaching. Um, but what's more important for me is mentorship. All right? I work specifically in neighborhoods, and I've handpicked them for the most part in neighborhoods that need reflection. What I mean by that is someone who looks like me. Like you say, you see the way I dress and how I talk, and I'm always myself, 100%, whether it's jewelry or my tattoos or the clothing I have. So I think I reflect a lot of what these kids don't have in front of them in terms of a classroom. Like, let's be honest, like the, the representation of, of teachers yeah. is white females, right? So it's, for me, it's about breaking those narratives and then helping to educate, model, um, just be the difference that a lot of young, specifically black men, like, black men like myself, never saw coming up. Yeah, and kind of to transition to my next question, which is perfect. Uh, how how was it coming up from ten years ago, being black and being one of uh, the few male in the classes and in the schools when you got in, and then with getting the tattoos, like what kind of like backlash or or kind of uh, like confrontations did you get from people during that time? Oh man, <laughs> to be honest with you, man, shit. Oh, excuse me, well, shit was wild, man. Oh, let, uh, it, let it loose. <laughs> so as you can tell, like I got sleeves now, right? Like yeah. fully covered whole upper body. When I was young, when I first came in, the idea of having tattoos was taboo, of course. And in many ways it still is. So I used to wear button ups when I first came in and khakis and penny loafers shoes, shit that I would <laughs> never naturally wear. Yeah. And that was my thought in terms of how I had to conform to be what they expected me to be yeah, exactly. or what actually existed in that time. Yeah. As time progressed, I became more comfortable with, um, with being my true self. How could I expect uh, my students to be themselves, specifically, yeah. again, my black male students to be themselves if I didn't look like them or if I wasn't being myself too? Yeah, so yeah. naturally it became jeans and then T-shirts and then sort of filling out the sleeves with tattoos. And I said, this is who I am. Right? I'm going to look like this, but I'm going to still rock it in front of the classroom. Exactly. So don't ever challenge the fact that I'm not intelligent. It's not going to happen. No, exactly, exactly. And I, I feel the same way, too. Like, there's some times when I'm just like, ah, uh, when I started into real estate, too, I was like, I wear suits every day. I'm like, I don't want to wear a suit every day. Like, I like wearing a suit every now and then, but I, I'm, half my clients and stuff are, are my people. So, like, they're like, why do you dress up like crazy just to, to show us a few things, you know? Just be who you I, are. Listen, man, I hear you, but I will say, I will big you up because your style is dope, man. You got, some nice, you got some nice suits and socks. I like that. Yeah, I appreciate it. No worries. How does that, how does that uh, make your students feel, too, to know how comfortable you are 
within your own skin and to be able to, when you're teaching and to be that kind of example for them, how does that feel at the end of the day? For me, it's rewarding. Um, a lot of my program is based around social justice. So in language and math and science, my focus is to make my students obviously learned, but also better people at the end of the day. I want them to be exposed to what's actually out there in the world. It's cool if you can do math and you know multiply fractions and not write an essay, but when you get to the real world, how will you be able to succeed? How will you be, how will you be, how will you be able to be the person that you can be? Um, so again, being my true self every single day, and you see my social media, like I post stuff in my classroom damn near daily. I'm always bigging them up. We talk about successes. I make sure they're cool with it. Um, it's about exploring, exploring those things together as a classroom. As much as I'm a teacher and I'm learning and te I'm, sorry, I'm teaching them, I'm also learning from them too, which is pretty dope. Good, yeah. Another thing, yeah. Like being in Toronto with all the diversity, like as you say in, in your profile too, just the diversity in Toronto, it, it kind of helps to push you into making sure that you are open to to letting the kids be who they are. Um, do you have any kind of backlash from parents sometimes with your like teaching styles or or do you feel like the kids are, are, are able to explain their, their, like their teacher to their, their parents and stuff? You know what? I've been pretty fortunate where it's been often supported. I get a lot of emails and responses on Instagram and Twitter. A bunch of them follow me. I'm able to reach out to parents directly like I did earlier this week about a student of mine who hasn't been handing a whole lot of work and I got to find out that, you know, they're really struggling during this time. So without those bonds that are created based on what they're seeing and what their kids are saying to them, that wouldn't be possible. You feel me? Yeah. On the flip side, I'll share a quick story with you. This year, actually, um, I got an email from a parent when they got the class photo. Um, her son is... A great kid but he's a bit of a handful sometimes I'll say that yeah. and he's become much better this year since he's been in my class last year my interaction with him I was the the principal for the day I'm the chair at my school yeah. so on that particular day I was buzzed up to his classroom because he threw a textbook at a supply teacher wow. <laughs> and then on the way being kicked out of the classroom he kicked in a locker you know how strong you have to be to kick in a locker lockers open <laughs> out I've kicked the locker one or two times, but never got kicked it in. <laughs> I, I believe that, yeah. So that was my interaction with him last year. But this year, he's been in my classroom. He's settled down a whole lot. He's never been to the office once. Um, he still has his outbursts, but we have grown man talks. Like, you're 14, my guy. Like, we got to figure this out. You're not going to become one of those kids in high school that struggle. Yeah. Anyway, his mom <laughs> emailed me. And funny enough, I was wearing this exact same shirt, my yeah. quality tee on picture day, all my tattoos out, a couple chains on. Um, his mom went in on me, man. She basically had said, uh, what kind of role model am I? Um, this is not how you should be dressing. You're looking like you're going to a cookout. I was like, a cookout? Mom. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, so that, that, was, that was something that's fine, interesting. And yeah. this young man is a young black man, and she's obviously a black woman. But yeah, she, she snapped on me, man. It took everything in me not to be, you know, aggressive in my response, but I was pretty professional. Yeah. Another thing you, at the end of the day, you have to, to take those in and kind of take a step back before you respond. Right. You know, and just <laughs> so you don't have a, a livid kind of reaction. Um, and I mean, it is, I can only imagine how tough it is to get that kind of backlash, but I mean, it's going to come, you're always going to get some good and bad, right? 
Of course, of course. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the bad as long as I'm getting the good. There's nothing, nothing, nothing is always positive, man. Yeah. Right. There's always perspectives that don't fit with mine, and I'm open to that. Yeah. So, um, how like how important is it? Uh, we kind of touched base a little bit on it of just uh, to show example. You being you being an example, but let's say for example uh, when we had Shane come speak at uh, at your school, which he yep. was on your podcast last season. Uh, sure. How was it the impact, uh, not just for the students, but for the, the teachers uh, that were involved? How was, how was that kind of, that kind of uh, uh, motivational speak uh, impact your, your students? That's a, that's a good question, man. For me, so you mentioned diversity before. And we need to be clear that diversity is not just about um, race, obviously, right? So Shane being in a wheelchair, Shane, um, you know, not having certain abilities in terms of uh, being able-bodied, but still being a super dope guy, man. Um, things like that are what I try and expose, not just my class to, but my school to. Yeah. To be able to have someone like that come to your school, you know, hop out of his wheelchair, lift it above his head, you know, flip around the, 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 the ground or whatever, and then be able to rock the crowd on the mic the way he did. Yeah. That, those are the experiences that I want, you know, schools that where I'm at to experience, to be able to breathe in, and then dissect and discuss afterwards, right? Yeah. We're yeah. not gonna be able to, to simply just present students with the quote unquote norm. They gotta be able to deal with all walks of life. So I appreciate you and me linking up to do that, but shout out to my guy Shane for that, man. He's dope. Sure. And that's the thing, like I, I just know his story and when uh, you were open to it, it, we just flocked right to there and you know we wanted to try and make it happen as soon as possible. Um, mm -hmm. And you made a full day out of it. I'll, can you explain like what uh, your your thought process was for kind of making a day out of it and what did you do for the kids that day? So funny enough, I think it was around this time last year, to be honest, because it's around mental health week. Yeah. yeah. Um, and at the school, I was, I guess, running the mental health show for the week. And that was sort of like our, our culminating task at the end of the, at the end of it. We had had um, various workshops that might be a day or a half day. Teachers took certain leads on various issues, but I think that was like the coming, coming to an end, basically, where we had this very successful, well-traveled athlete, para-athlete, yep. um, and they got to see and hear him and speak to him, you know, give high fives. He was giving out gifts. That was really dope. But afterwards, it's probably the most, if not just as important part, where teachers got to go back to their classrooms and have discussions afterwards, Yeah. right? Aside from you know, students saying how cool he was, what did they actually take in? What did they learn? Yeah. Um, those are things that I think are the most important, that rich, that rich conversation afterwards. Because a lot of times you'll have presentations and then that'll be it. That'd be it. And Every, one year out the other kind of thing, right? Sometimes, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So for your like day-to-day -day, uh, processes, how do you like for set up your week, not just for school, but uh, mentally and physically, like you're a fit guy. And, and as you said, you're, you're a basketball guy. So you, you want to always try and stay fit. And I see you with your, your meal preps and stuff. How important is that those kind of routines uh, for you? And what are your, your main routines that you stick with to kind of keep level-headed throughout the school year? Bro, I'm a creature of habit. So you mentioned the, the, the meal plans, like, to be honest with you, my phone is with me at all times, man, because that calendar in there is what sets me up for, for the week, month, um, probably up to about a six-month uh, window. But um, during the school year, for the most part, I'm in the gym, let's say, three, four days a week. Um, 
usually hooping once a week. Yeah. Meal plans, obviously, too. So I have my meals on the go wherever I'm at because um, I also have a couple other ventures that I, I do where it unfortunately keeps me out of the house from about 7 in the morning to about 9 at night sometimes. Oh, yeah. So that being said, it's difficult to, to difficult and probably not a great idea to be buying food on the road. So yeah. making sure that I'm always planned, I'm thinking ahead, um, I'm well fed. Um, but for me, it's balance, man, to be honest with you. Um, it might be Monday to Thursday where I'm really busy, but then Thursday and Friday and Saturday morning, I take time for myself yeah. to mentally recoup, get my sleep back up, connect with my friends and family, and then Sunday, we start again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it all comes down to balance. I think the, the motto, what is it, work hard, play hard, is something I've definitely grown accustomed to. Um, I travel often, I make sure I, I make time for, as I mentioned, family and friends, um, and make sure that the work I'm putting in, I'm rewarded by, whether that's through uh, money, which obviously is important, but those, those memories that we help, we help create with each other, right? Yeah. That's important. And how do you, how do you kind of take that uh, mindset that you have to, to portray to your classrooms and for your kids? Good question, man. Um, my approach, I think, is pretty much the same. It's balanced. As much as, you know, I'm going to throw some, some work at them, we try and have fun for the most part, too. I make sure that uh, student voice is, is laced throughout the assignments that I'm giving. I mentioned before social justice in terms of my packages or my program, but um, I'm exposing them to things that they wouldn't normally do in a, in a regular quote-unquote classroom. Um, I want to make sure that they have some input as to what they're learning about. They kind of create some of their own questions, and then I challenge their questions and make them answer them at the end, right? So again, inquiry-based work, um, student voice, um, balance and fun. Like sometimes I'll just say, forget the textbook, let's get into something different. Or a conversation can take us into something completely different and I gotta roll with it. For sure. Right? Like it, it's tough because like I, how is it uh, like, I guess dealing with other teachers too that are more by the textbook and stuff and then, and then you are, uh, who you are and you're open to the kids kind of not learning on their own but guiding them and then letting them learn on their own in their own style yeah how is it with the, the teacher interaction with your your peers sometimes have you had any conflicts on that i've definitely had conflict <laughs> um <laughs> to answer your question your first question though um it's interesting it's interesting i definitely have some teachers who are you know of the style you mentioned the traditional style this is your textbook this is your work sit down quietly and do it and then you'll walk by my classroom and kids are up they're on the ground they're sitting with friends they might be listening to music like dude that doesn't stop a kid from learning yeah right so you need to ask yourself what does engagement mean to you if engagement means sitting at your desk in a row and kids doing their work then that's not the class for me that's mm -hmm. not how i get down right um in terms of the the conflict it's interesting, right? Because I can, again, articulate how and why my style works for me, and it might not work for you, which is cool. But when you start shitting on the way I teach, it's not going to work, Yeah. right? You can sit down and go pedagogy versus pedagogy, and I'll come out on top. You guarantee that, <laughs> right? That's the thing. It's just, I guess you have to understand, they have to understand that they, you, are, you are adapting on the go and on the fly at all times, pretty much from day one to now. And exactly. they're, they're almost stuck in their ways and they just don't want to, to have someone else come in and, and kind of blow everything up in the way that they see fit and stuff. But 
I guess that's kind of thing is just their, their mindsets are too, too blind. Their blinders are on at all times sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, what it comes down to, not that it's a popularity contest, but when I have students who were probably in my class the year before, and then they moved on to another teacher the next year, and they're still coming back to me, that says a lot, right? Again, I'm well-liked, obviously. I'm still the cool teacher, which is cool with me, but it also says a lot about the way I teach, too, yeah. versus the way some other people teach, which I'm not knocking them. That's just how they do. It might work for them in terms of, you know, crossing T's and dotting I's, but I don't care about that stuff, man. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so, like, like, what do you do um, for the summers and stuff to just kind of recharge and stuff? Do you do you have a little time? I guess probably closer to the beginning of the year, you kind of set up everything that you want to do for the semester and stuff. But how do you kind of unwind and and but keep routine ish kind of up for the summers? Depending on who you ask, I don't unwind, man. If you ask my mom, she'll say I do too much. Um, I pretty much go hard from September till the end of July. Um, I teach summer school um, through a, a, a private organization that I helped create a couple years ago. We teach Ontario um, accredited high school courses. So I'll teach anything from French to international business to grade 11 math like it doesn't really matter um and i'm teaching usually three or four courses in the summertime in july so it's pretty hectic yeah. um that's when i also do a lot of my own courses so i take what's called aqs or additional qualifications okay. uh, in order to make sure that i'm staying entrenched in the uh i guess the work of being a teacher yeah. um always learning always sharing um and then for the month of august i unplug man yeah. uh, i usually took a few trips um me and my fellas we hit Dominican every summer, probably not this summer. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I might go to Jamaica. I have a house out there, a vacation house that I usually send about a week or so at. Um, reconnect with family, barbecues, friends, yeah. maybe a day party here or there, but that's about it, man. Nice. And then get ready for September. Yeah, and all back again, right? Yep. Okay, so kind of um, want to talk, touch base about what uh, you're doing during this pandemic um and not only how you are adapting but how are you um adapting with your programs for the teachers and not only for sorry for the kids not only for the kids but for your peers and for their uh, parents and stuff too so that they understand what you're trying to do and, and show them that education is still needed in some way shape or form right um, to be honest with you, man, it's a process. Every day is different. Um, I like to call it a world pause versus a pandemic because I think what's happened right now is we are all taking a much needed pause, myself included. Yeah. As I mentioned, my schedule is super hectic and I'm always on the go. Like, dude, I've had one tank of gas for about a month now, which is <laughs> not the norm, right? Um, but yeah, during this world pause, I definitely think, um, it's much needed, but in terms of your question or in response to your question, um, we're learning. I'm learning from my kids. They're learning from me still. It's some back and forth. Uh, we have conferences similar to this where I'm able to ask them how they're doing. Um, I've slowly offloaded work. I might have started with maybe one assignment for a week and then two and then three and then kind of offset the due dates a little bit. My due dates are flexible. Um, I've connected with parents via email just to ask them what their thoughts are, how they're doing, if they need anything. 
Um, a big issue in terms of this remote learning was uh, access to technology and yeah. internet. Um, it's not safe to assume everyone has that. No, exactly. Right? There were my thought before uh, before everything happened were the strikes that you guys were going through and mm. talking about of oh, e-learning and stuff. And that was one of my first thoughts was what if certain kids don't have a computer at home and their parents are working two jobs and stuff, you know, all these kind of right. things to think about. So, but this is kind of forcing the situation too, right? Right. No, that's, that's a real concern, man. Um, there's families in the community which I teach that did not have access to technology, to internet. There was one family in particular that had a cell phone that they were using and there was four kids in the house plus two adults. Oh, Tell me how you have kids doing work that's being sent from teachers like myself and, and kids are going to respond to that in a timely fashion. Yeah. Right. So it was about connecting with school and organizations and making sure that they got a few laptops at the house so that they could, you know, have some things in place where they can actually continue to learn because that's the goal at this point. But for me, education was second, man. I wanted to make sure that everyone was good mentally, physically, emotionally. And if they weren't, um, connect them to the right resources to help them. Um, yeah. People being out of work obviously is huge, um, as you mentioned previously. Um, so that's a concern as well. Did people have you know, monetary security? Did they have food in the fridge? Yeah. Um, were they able to you know, share emotionally how they're feeling? Because it's been big. It's, it's been this pause or, or pandemic right now has been, it's been huge. And I think it's gonna affect us for years to come. And we're still trying to, although we're in it, in the thick of it right now, there's going to be rippling effects um as we will see so i don't know it's, it's been a lot um yeah. to get back to your question though in regards to what i'm doing um in addition to google classroom and unrolling uh assignments um i have this cool thing i started i think last friday called um play that song friday so i get students to post whatever they're listening to okay. today being the first of the month i i hit them with um bone thugs and harmony it's the first of the month Nice. Which is pretty dope, and of course they were clowning me because they're calling that open music. But I know, right? We're getting old now, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, so things like that, it's keeping it light, keeping it fun. Um, again, flexibility with my due dates. Yeah. Um, for my own mental health, though, um, a friend of mine and colleague uh, from previous years, Matthew Morris, another teacher as well. He and I started um, this this show on Zoom that we host every Thursday at 7 p.m. called Quarantine Ed. Um, yeah. And that's been huge, man. The following has been fantastic on Twitter and Instagram, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, the whole nine. And people are just educators around Ontario, I think Bermuda, the States, oh, the wow. UK. We got, we got a lot of following right now and it's picked up some, some, pretty, some pretty interesting topics. But for the most part, we're, we're helping and discussing and moderating um, with educators about you know, their own mental health, what they're doing in their classroom, resources, strategies, um, things that they could share with not just each other in this community but us as moderators too yeah. um we obviously don't know everything but at the same time we, we know a couple things so let's all get together and share and break bread and um make sure that the kids and, and ourselves especially our health um are all being put as a priority you feel me yeah and how, how do you find that has helped by doing that not just for helping as you said for yourself but others to understand that they're not just going through it by themselves kind of thing, right? I think you hit the nail on the head, man. That's the biggest response at this point is that 
you know, some of the struggles, a lot of the struggles that we're having as educators are being shared across the platform. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned before, it's not just us here in Toronto or even Ontario. Like we got friends in Bermuda who are jumping on and saying, no, like out here, we're still dealing with similar issues. Yeah. Uh, so that building of community, that coming together uh, is huge. And I think it's only going to benefit us and our portfolios as educators moving forward. Like one of the questions we asked ourselves, excuse me, or our, or our, our participants yesterday is, when all this is finished, what's the first thing you're going to go back and teach in your classroom? And yeah. I'm not talking about curriculum. What's the first thing you're really going to focus on to make sure that um, your, your students are, are ready and affected and, and ready to get going, basically? Kind of like big life lesson kind of thing. Of course, of course. And that's, that's what you are. You're a real dude, right? So and Appreciate that, man. <clears throat> that's the thing. So um, what, uh, what do you see like the, the next year being like, what do you think for, for starting, hopefully, hopefully back in class in September? I don't think we'll be back in class for the rest of this year, do you think? Or that is a loaded question. Um, I don't see this year happening, to be honest with you. I think May 1st today, I don't see us going back. I don't think it's wise to go back right now. Yeah. Um, September is a, a distant goal. I would love for that to happen if, of course, it's safe. But what I've been hearing is January, dude. January. Uh, behind the scenes, yeah, there's a lot of January being floated right now, yeah. um, which is scary, too, because what happens from September to January? Does yeah. that mean I got to meet a whole new class and have this type of interaction with them? Yeah, you can't like that. Yeah, meeting for the first time, right? It's going to be right. Than knowing your kids and stuff from before. Exactly, and that's that's going to be difficult for me personally because a lot of what I do is um is the interaction, is the building of is the building of community face to face. Yeah. Right. I want to sit down with you and learn about you in person. I want to. I want you to see me in in all of my makeup as well right so you're able to gain their trust too right of course of course and to do that through a screen that will be a little difficult so i'm intrigued and ready for whatever challenge comes our way or my way at this point but i'm interested i'm interested to see so i don't have an answer for that question yeah, yeah. no <laughs> it was a little yeah. low, but i just wanted to get your input and see what your thoughts were yeah 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 that so that's basically the main thing but uh i just want to want to finish off with uh like so the po podcast being you thought wrong what do you want to say to all the people and possibly yourself too that doubted you uh just over 10 years ago from from making this step to becoming a teacher what do i want to say to everyone who doubted me and even to myself from 10 years ago um the name of this podcast man you thought wrong you go. Wrong, right? um, I'm here. I'm still going. I'm still strong. I'm well known within the, within the TDSB to, to be a real one, as you mentioned, a real teacher. Um, I'm myself every day and I'm recognized for that and celebrated for that. Um, a year in, to be honest, in my very first year, I remember telling my VP, I don't know if this is for me, man. Yeah. And now I think back and now that I've truly become my full self, the, the cocoon has turned into a butterfly, if you want. Um, yeah, I love what I do. I'm really, I'm really about this work. I'm really about making sure um, we, can, we can change the narrative of education. Sure. And I, I lead that example in my everyday life. You can see that on my social media. You can see that in just communicating with me. Um, 
I appreciate the opportunity, man. I definitely do. Well, that's the thing. Like I've, uh, with especially now having a kid and thinking about education and then thinking about my my experience in in schools and and just like uh, just hating on some of the teachers because they've never actually taught, right? So and seeing what you do, um, it's 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 great to see and it gives me hope for for the future, right? And to know that you are you are teaching and guiding the the leaders uh, that are in front of you. Uh, it's a it's a good thing to know and to to and just appreciate it. Right. I appreciate that, man. All right. Alrighty, my man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. No doubt. You thought wrong. We out. We all have fears, and that's okay. We hope that we have given you something to help you conquer some of your fears so you too can continue to excel at life. Thank you for listening to You Thought Wrong.